Hello and welcome to the Busy Mom's Guide to Meditation. I'm your host, Molly Rodriguez, and I can't wait to walk you through all my tips and tricks on how to create a successful meditation practice for yourself and how to incorporate your children into that practice. So, are you ready? Today we are talking about how to ease the transition when introducing a new family member. In my experience, this really happens so much before the fact. For example, if you have pets before you introduce a child, it can help to have baby stuff around. Let them smell it, get used to it. Let them smell your belly and cuddle. Dogs especially have a very strong sense of smell and can quote unquote meet your baby before they're even born. I know my dog greeted us and our first son when we came home from the hospital like she already knew him. It was very cute. To prepare her for grabbing hands, we would tug her ears or her fur, not hard or rough, but enough that a small child grabbing a handful wouldn't shock her or cause her to snap at them. We basically wanted her to be ready for what was to come with a small child. You can do this with introducing other family members, not necessarily new babies, by introducing a clothing item or toys or something that smells like the child or new member of the family that's going to be living with you. This really helps your pets to get used to this new person before they come to stay at your house. Other things you can do are like playing a recording of a baby crying to prepare your pets. And this is really specific to if you're having a baby or adopting a baby that's going to be crying a lot. This helps to know how your pets are going to react and help them through it when there isn't a child present so that you can prepare them and they won't stress about it so much when the baby's actually home and crying. And this can be really hard if your pet does stress out a lot when the baby's crying because you have to care for the child first. So by dealing with this ahead of time and getting them a little bit used to it, easing them into it, it does help. So that being said, each pet and child is different. You're the one that knows your pet the best and can make a plan for how to best help them with the transition. These are just ideas to help you get into the mindset of how your family is going to change and some of the things your pet and later other children will need to make that transition go smoothly. But what does that have to do with meditation? (laughs) A stressed out household is not a place where meditation can happen or meditative mindset. It really takes having a more calm environment, having less stress on your plate to be able to do this. And in introducing new family members, it could be a great bonding experience to do that together to introduce meditation, the deep breathing, stress coping mechanisms, just because it can cause a lot of stress in the family to introduce a new child or family member, even a new pet. So it's a good idea to bring some of these things that we've been talking about, some of these techniques and mindfulness practices into the household, especially when you are introducing a new family member, because even for, you know, mom and dad, it can help you guys get through some of that hard early days when you're not getting a lot of sleep. So that that's kind of where we're at. That's how meditation comes into this. Getting back to introducing new family members as a whole, how do you prepare an older child to have a younger sibling or older children to have a younger sibling? 
personally, I don't really remember telling my oldest that I was pregnant again the second time. But when I was pregnant with our third, I told my oldest right away. And I didn't hide it from the younger one. He just wasn't interested. He didn't really care. This honestly may have been the way it was with my second. I just don't really remember. But because we introduced the, you know, each baby pretty much right away, we talked about it from the beginning And the kids were always kind of part of that, the planning and the getting ready for baby. And so as soon as I started showing, my oldest began kissing and hugging and talking to my belly, which again, for the third baby was pretty much right away. (laughs) Your body definitely remembers. Um, And because my oldest kept doing that, his younger brother followed suit. They would kiss my belly and say, I love you, baby, and talk about how they couldn't wait to meet her. They even tried to give us some name choices that we did not use. (laughs) But they were very, very involved and completely convinced she was a girl the whole time, which was technically a surprise for us. But we all felt she was a girl too and had to hedge the expectations for the kids just because we weren't 100% sure. We never found out. So just in case she wasn't a girl, (laughs) I think was the hardest thing in prepping for baby just to say, you know what, just in case you have another brother, we're still going to love them, right? And he'd be like, yeah, but it's a girl. And it was just, he was so sure and he was right. So that's a whole nother topic. But we really wanted to prepare him because we we didn't actually know. And that I think was the hardest thing about prepping for baby. But he was coming around to the idea of being okay with it just in case. We always had to add just in case it was a boy. But I, I just really think no matter how many children you have or what age they're at, the biggest thing is to talk to them about it, explain how things will be different, give some examples such as babies cry a lot, but it doesn't mean there's anything wrong. I just want you to know it's normal for babies to cry and you did too when you were tiny or babies need a lot of attention. So if I can't help you right away or as much as I do now, it doesn't mean that that's how it will be forever or that I don't love you as much. It's just because baby needs a lot of help because they can't do anything for themselves. These are little things, but explaining it and talking about it a lot beforehand will help their expectations of when the baby's born and help them be ready for that change because it is a huge shift in their life. And having them prepared for how babies act and how they do take a lot of attention and time away from from older siblings who are able to help themselves a little bit more, it helps make the transition go a lot smoother. And then when baby is actually born, keep the conversation going. Explain how they can help with baby, like bringing a diaper and wipes for you when you're doing a diaper change or helping pick out the baby's clothes. My boys help with tummy time by calling their new little sibling's name or shaking a rattle to get baby to turn their head or really just any little chores that can help out even a little. And obviously, as your kids get older, they can help with more, but keep, you know, obviously keep it age appropriate so that they can feel involved and they can feel like they're part of baby's life and they're helping out instead of just constantly being told to wait. And this is, this is huge because if they're part of it, 
then they don't necessarily feel left out. They don't feel like they're losing your attention because they're still in the mix. They're still getting attention and getting to be a part of the experience of having a new baby. But when you can, don't forget your older children still need help sometimes too. They enjoy feeling like you're still there for them, even if they don't totally need the help. So for example, when my daughter was born, my third child, my younger son was so vocal about wanting and needing our help and attention. He's two. He's pretty adamant about still needing us. Although now he is getting into kind of that terrible two time where he wants to do everything himself and can't quite. So trying to figure that out now. But my oldest was super helpful and cooperative. He loved on his sister all the time, but a lot of times when we had all three kids needing something, there's only two of us, you know, adults in the house. So the five-year-old would need to do a lot more on his own because he was able to get himself dressed or to use the bathroom by himself or, you know, whatever it was that needed to be done at that time. And we started noticing that he would act out at times. Never anything aggressive, but he would kind of act out, talk back, not be listening. And it got to the point that we had to sit him down and ask him what he needed. I remember he was in the bath and he had had a hard day and I had to ask him like, what, what do you need to feel better? What do you need from us to not be so angry or to not act out like you have been? And I gave him some examples of things and he told me that he wanted more hugs. It was that simple. And it was at that moment that I had, that I realized that since he had been so quiet about his needs, he wasn't totally getting them met. We weren't ignoring him and he was getting hugs. (laughs) He was getting hugs and kisses from us throughout this time, but without knowing his needs, we weren't giving him the amount of affection and attention that he needed. So now we, take the time to make sure all the kids' needs are met, checking in with them periodically to make sure that they're happy, fulfilled, and feel loved. Because just by giving a couple extra hugs, he was happier and he felt like we were there for him more. And his super independent nature where he always wanted to do everything himself kind of backed off a little bit. And he did start asking for us to do things for him. And As much as we are able to, we will help him because he won't always want or need us to do that for him. So in these times of transition, it is really easy to forget just how much, you know, they still want us around at this age and they still want us to do things for them, even if they are super independent normally. It's kind of fun now because he doesn't always want our help and you know, he still wants to do a lot of things by himself. But when he does ask us to do stuff for him or to help him with something, it is special. And so we have that that time with him and it's just really great. So overall, this all made for a pretty easy and gentle transition in our household for the second time. Even when it was just the two boys, like My oldest is just, he's a very affectionate, loving, helpful little boy. And so he just wants to love on the babies and (laughs) he's just, it's really cute. And so we had a really easy, gentle transition in our household for the first time as well. 
but we are all still learning together and we're very aware of that fact. And so just by checking in and like talking with them about everything, it helps. It helps our transition to go a lot, a lot easier. And I can't stress like talk about it beforehand as much as you can, because especially with children who are a little bit older, a couple years old when they have their siblings, they are so much more used to having you to themselves. And it can be really hard. And I think just talking to them about it, how it's going to change, how it's going to look different and reassuring them that you are still going to love them just as much does help because it helps them to prepare and to mentally kind of get in that mindset of, okay, like I'm not going to have as much time, but they still love me. I know that can kind of seem like a, like, duh, but it's amazing how much we don't actually talk to our kids about about things or we explain it in a way that's very simple. And kids are so intelligent that they understand so much more than we realize. They perceive and translate everything the way that they do. And so if you're not explaining it, if you're not having these conversations, they're jumping to conclusions. So talk to them. When you are bringing in older children into the family, such as an adopted child, you again need to talk to your kids ahead of time about your new family member, which it's, it's just, it's the most important thing. And then when you bring home your new child, make talking about feelings and emotions part of the daily conversation. Talk about what needs need to be met. And if your child is still an infant, your older children can still help out where needed, but the conversation is going to always be your greatest ally. And so again, by giving them the age appropriate tasks, by talking about how they're feeling about the changes before and after these transitions and talking about how they would like you to help them through this change is going to make it just so much smoother, no matter what age the child is that you're bringing into your house, newborn to, you know, teenager. And this is true for every child you bring into your home, whether biological, adopted, fostered, or whatever your life may bring. Coming full circle now, you know, we've talked about how to introduce a child to a home with a pet, but what about introducing a pet to a home that already has children living in it? And this looks different because Kids need to get used to the new pet, but the pet is also going to be under stress because they are not only getting used to being in a new environment, they also have to learn how to live with kids, even if they've never been in a family household before. So I've said it each step of the way. I've said it so many times this episode, and I'll say it again. It starts with a conversation. (laughs) Am I starting to sound like a broken record? Because I feel like I am. (laughs) When you talk to your children about the pet, explain how to care for them, whether you are getting a cat, dog, lizard, what have you. Then you'll have to manage their expectations about feeding how much attention the animal will need or want, and introduce them as slowly as you can. If you have multiple children, this could mean introducing each child individually or allowing older children to meet the pet and know their duties before introducing your littles. Smaller children tend to need more guidance, showing them how to be gentle, supervising them around the new animal, so everyone can get used to the change and 
making sure you have a way to help your older children remember what their duties are, whether it's feeding, taking them out on walks or to go to the bathroom or cleaning up afterwards. It's important for them to have a way to remember so that it doesn't fall on you when they forget. It can also foster a lot of bonding between your kids and their pet when they're part of the caretaking. It's just like when you are introducing a new baby and they're helping out caring for the new baby. It helps them bond and it helps them become closer. So all of this might seem very overwhelming, like it's a lot of work and like it is. I'm not going to deny that, but it can be done. People do it all the time. Don't let it overwhelm you. But also when in doubt, do something else. I feel like I'm always saying multiple times each episode, which is take some deep breaths and let it go. Because once that pet is in your house, it's a new family member. Help them learn the rules of the house and your kids can help with that as well. And talk to your children about how to do that and how to care for it because it will get easier with time and as everyone gets used to their roles in that pet's life. So again, how does this tie into meditation? Uh, We talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode and, you know, just stay mindful, breathe through it because that's going to help you navigate the waters around your expanding family, however it is expanding. But meditation and inviting your children into your practice and teaching them even just the basics can help ease everyone into the changes. So it can also help everyone know what they need and express that in a constructive way. Because when you go into meditation, you are tuning into the body, you're tuning into the mind and really connecting there and finding ways to talk about it or to bring things up that might be coming up that they weren't totally aware of before. So I hope this helps if you're planning to expand your family in the near or distant future. And next week, we will be having a special dad's guide to meditation as we speak with a dad, my husband, about his views on meditation with or without the kids. So definitely don't miss that one. And I want to give a special shout out to my patron, Misty Rogers. Catch you next week on the Busy Mom's Guide to Meditation.